It's silk. everybody to another special edition of reasonable wrestling um fitting into the mode of our rebrand of having people on the show and getting into this interview thing that we've been doing we got another special guest on the show um we actually not a wrestler this time he's a, a journalist a real life not one of these internet pundit guys that you argue with on twitter you know what i mean like we got a real journalist um, and we ended up just following them on Twitter. Um, let me make sure I get the right Twitter name right. Uh, at PhilDL616. Uh, Philip Lindsay. Uh, I know I'm from writing for Bleacher Report. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, doing all right, man, considering, um, you know, like we we had right before we talked. Um, this week has been, the, the past week has been kind of, emotionally draining uh as we're all three black men on the phone right now um but outside of that man just trying to find joy trying to find um <sighs> the happiness and what's going on you know what i mean um i currently try not to get too consumed with life as i got a um my baby boy bill a year next uh, this thursday so like you know i i can't really I try not to, to Birdman Jr. <laughs> Bird Jr. You know what I mean. So like I, I try to just it's it's hard compartmentalizing. But you know we wrestling keeps me going, man. I watch wrestling every day, every every. I, I don't miss a day without watching it. So I guess that kind of is what what keeps me balanced, what brings me joy. You know what I mean. People are still holed up in their crib. Uh, some places are coming out now. We'll see what happens with that. But with everything going on, uh, you know, and you being a journalist at Bleacher Report. Uh, how has it been working, you know, just find, finding happiness with that? Uh, well, I think staying busy has is, is been helpful in some ways, but, you know, I kind of get into this mode. Um, you know, as black men, I think a lot of times we are in the I'm good. Like, you know, I'll be like, no, nah, I'm good. I, you know, let me stay busy and let me not, you know, focus on what's bothering me. Um, so working has helped, but I'm trying to also be like, all right, don't compartmentalize stuff too. You got to find a balance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I, I, feeling I, things and compartmentalizing. Bro, I, I got file cabinets for everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like it's, a, I have to compartmentalize, uh, personally, it's great to be able to kind of put it on the shelf sometimes if you can, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but Speaking of that, man, how, how uh, uh, CT and I both mentioned Bleacher Report, uh, where else can we find you? Uh, where else do you uh, write? Um, where else uh, can you plug uh, people to find Phil at? I kind of got like a accumulating list. Today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you could uh, you can find my writing at Daily DDT as well. That's where I've been covering uh, Black Wrestling Matter. Okay. Um, and I mean, a lot of stuff I do with Bleacher Report is like mainstream stuff. So it's like WWE and AEW. Um, but uh, Daily DDT actually gives me the freedom to cover a lot of indie wrestling stuff. Um, so 
you can find my work there. You can still find my work at Bell to Bell sometimes. Um, I I edit and write there, and um, you can find uh, my women's wrestling column at Sportskeeda. Oh, you write a, a, a strictly women's wrestling column? Yes. <clears throat> That's so definitely check that out. That's dope. Uh, and like you brought up a lot of stuff. You brought up even the indies. Uh, so your your palette seemed pretty wide. Talk about women. You had indies. Obviously, you got to write about the mainstream stuff for Bleacher Report. But uh, what's your pocket? Like, what's your favorite shit in wrestling in in the world? Like, what's what are you? What's your favorite stuff? Uh, I think New Japan is my favorite right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I just started getting into stardom over the last year, and I really like stardom as well. Okay. Um, yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I like AEW, but I think AEW is like third under everything else I'm enjoying right now. Okay. So no wonder that's the discourse online. Yeah. Yeah. You're a New Japan fan. You got, uh, you know, um, you said the uh, second one was Stardom. He says he's in Stardom. stardom. And, 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 and I think that's what I like. And I, I always try to give credit to Phil when we have our conversations um, I, because, for one, some you can always tell when things can get nasty between people online and things like that, you know what I mean? And for me, I never want that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I quote-unquote talk shit like I'm a heat magnet or I bring smoke, but that's just because I always like challenging discourse. Like, that's just my makeup, you know what I mean? Like... I get paid to go to school and all I do is discussion posts and reply. You know what I mean? So like I'm in that mode, but Phil always gives me like, nah, like we, you know what I mean? Like, come on with it. And I like, and at the end I can be like, yeah, I can appreciate your perspective, your point of view. Like, you know what I mean? Your ideology, because it's not just post and go, you know what I mean? Like he, Uh he gives me the time and the air, we spend hours sometimes going back yeah. and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, was, I mean, we talk about it on the top of the time. It's just cool having an ecosystem. And, and to have you on the podcast today, Phil, uh, it's bringing that ecosystem to the pod. And that's what this is all about. You know, regardless of our opinions and our subjective views on stances of wrestling, is having that discourse because we're all passionate about this thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, my thing is, I always think of social media as a thing. Like, no, I'm here to, to talk. Like, if you want to hop in in okay. my mentions and talk, cool. But, you know, like, if it's just you want to hop in and just yell something and then go away, like, I'm not really here for that. Like, I'm not really here for people that want to jump in and say something and then mute you or block you because that's kind of lame. I see. Yeah. I seen that happen yesterday. I was, see, I, I, I was, you know, and I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. You know what I mean? Because I'm not going to be here and be fake or nothing like that. I was kind of, jabbing a little bit with subliminals just because i thought personally payback was a really good show and um you know just our conversation over time you you didn't have the most faith in it. and i'm just like i, I can un- i do understand i do understand i just but when we talk about compartmentalizing right so like you write for wrestling and i had the privilege of actually working you know what i mean and 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 and, and um with mlw as a pa I actually moved to Florida to come do this wrestling shit. Um, I, I went to Full Sail. You can only get in Full Sail uh, wrestling program if you either did the writing or the film. So I came down for film. You know what I mean? So um, I can understand the professionalism that goes into the objectivity of wrestling. You know what I mean? But 
once I got behind it and learned the production and the, the performance element and then the business side of it, I was able to kind of put on a different lens whenever I have watched it since. So that's where I come from. You know what I mean? And I, even when we had to talk about the PWI 500 and um, Amelia was like, it's a kayfabe thing. And I'm like, well, I don't live in kayfabe, so I can't understand wrestling in kayfabe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and see, I didn't, like, I watched Payback, but I was so busy this weekend. Like, when Payback was on, I tweeted a little bit, but I was live streaming at the same time. So it was like I was watching it, I was live streaming, and I was also sort of editing at the same time. So it was like, I'm not, I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on on Twitter. Mm. So I don't yeah, know. You weren't tuned in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like that, man. We we have a podcast. We, we sometimes you just can't be locked in the way you you know on a show. Um, but if you did watch Payback, it was a pretty good show. It was decent. It was it was good. Actually, a lot of the matches over over performed in my in my opinion. Uh, but uh, what, what? So you t- till now you haven't got caught up with it? No, I, I saw it. Um, okay. So so I thought it was I thought it was a good pay per view, but. It was one of those things where I still was sitting there like, did we really need this pay-per-view, though? It, <laughs> like, it still felt like a lot of this was like, I, don't, I didn't feel like it, I didn't feel like it changed much. Like, I mean, I felt like the title changes sort of matter. Like, the, the main one that matters is Roman. But the other two are like, I could see those titles getting hot-shotted in the next two weeks or next month or so. I, I And I don't want to be the scooper here, uh, but the idea from what I heard uh, from a reliable source is that the, 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 the first title change that we saw tonight was to stay hot. Um, and, and it was the Bobby getting the U.S. title. And um, the idea is to have that stable um, be as hot as possible. So um, they that that I kind of knew, and I was I had an idea, and I know Apollo. You know, everybody's like, hey, you know, and I understand. Like I said again, it makes sense. Apollo got champion. You want to make him uh-huh. a viable champion. It took him this long to be okay. a champion in the company, and then you take the title off of him. Uh, but from what I understand, it, it, they got bigger plans. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. That. Yeah, when it comes to that match in particular, what they're doing with Apollo, I like it. You know, I think that he's got an opportunity. He, right now, the her business is like honestly, kind of, it's been trend, it's been trending up. You know, putting the top on Bobby as a CEO of the her business makes make perfect sense. Now, if you go to the tag team division, I mean the women's tag change that right there, I call it. You know, the Nia Jax and, and Shayna Baszler with. Um, Taking, taking, taking the titles off of, you know, Sasha and Bailey. Now, with that, I see why I did it as well. Because I think, how long can you go with the Sasha Bailey tag team thing? And and, I, and Nia and Shayna, as we saw, they, 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 they put on a show. I feel like, yo. I, did I, you I, finish? Yeah, how'd you, how'd you like the finish, bro? I thought the finish was really good. Um, I thought the match had its spots where it was kind of sloppy. But I thought overall the match was pretty good. I still don't know what to make sh- make of the actual outcome because there's such a strange team. <laughs> ah, they're 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 a wreck shot, boy. They're they're just 
what did I say other the week this weekend? Slam chicks and choke out chicks. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're there to do. Just just slam and choke and choke out. But uh, they're they're a dominating tag team, and I think that adds a little bit of a dynamic to the women's division. What what I do agree with Phil on though, um, and I think it threw me a little bit because me and CT had opposing. Uh, opinions about this particular match. I thought that Nia and Shayna was going to lose in our prediction um, just because I thought that they were going to get in each other's way. Um, I logically did not like uh, Shayna and Nia beating Sasha and Bailey on a first time going out, yeah. especially when Sa- when Nia and Shayna just was at each other's throat. You had Maria, uh, Mar- uh, Marina and uh, Jessica Mandu come in. like They were just squabbling you know what i mean and like so what is the purpose of them putting aside their their uh uh animosity be, not without them because you know even when Shayna had the match with sasha sasha was still raw champ i believe at the time so like even Shayna had a Shayna was like okay i'll go for the raw champ now you go for you know i'm like they uh-huh. can do that but yeah. with just one singles title and they both were single stars i didn't see i didn't like that so i i was kind of confused as well with that ending, but well, let's say this: I think that with the way the match went, and this is what I look at, and, and Phil, when I look at wrestling, I see I see matchups, you know. Yeah. You know, so with Sasha and Bailey having the tag team titles, they we've seen a lot of matches with them with the tag team titles. What we haven't seen is Shayna and Nia Jax be complete, you know, wrecking balls in a while. Nia lost steam. She was gone for a while. Shayna lost at WrestleMania. Hasn't been hot. This tag team is going to spark them both up. Now, you could put Shayna and have her go after Sasha in the meantime, but this is more of a way to utilize the tag team division, I feel like. Get them over as a tag team. Pull up some other tag teams with it. Then you have to have you have Bianca who can go after you know Oscar or Bailey. You have uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay who can go after, you know, uh you know, Oscar or Bailey. There's a lot of other women on the roster, as you like to talk about women, that could get an opportunity because Nia and Shayna are a tag team. You know, yeah. and they actually are stars already. Yeah, they, yeah. I, I think I, I believe that. I believe that. I, my, my, my biggest. I think, man, this is the conversation. I actually just was like, yo, come on the pot, Phil. Like our biggest conversation is the next one we're going to talk about is Keefe, right? Um, you know, we, we talk about, we talk about, and then I think outside of that, outside of this Keith Lee conversation, I don't think me and Phil has ever had any type of other encounter that was like, and it, and again, it, it is, is for me, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it to you with a caveat. It's me challenging the ideology of the person that's coming from because again i just started following phil i'm gonna be honest i didn't know about who he was or who he happens to be you know what i mean i just do see the negative and then to counterproduct all i do is see glorifying tweets about AEW and impact and i'd be like you gotta be shitting me you know what i mean like if you can like one <laughs> you can like the other my nigga you know what i mean like well, <laughs> well you gotta well here's the thing though you gotta look at what i talk about with impact though because mm-hmm. you know my thing is i like women's wrestling what they're doing with women's wrestling at impact is great now do i agree with everything else they're doing world title wise mm-hmm. not really <laughs> um and, and i do bash wrestle house quite a bit because wrestle house is bad so i mean <laughs> i don't know <laughs> 
I mean, just just to back up just a sec with the Shane and Nia stuff, um, I do think they're an interesting team in the sense that they can have good matches. But <laughs> it's confusing to me in a sense that Raw Raw has two top heels in them. And they've kind of like converted them into faces for this mm-hmm. this tag team. Mm-hmm. So who's gonna challenge Oscar? Like now you've got all of these faces that aren't really contenders yet. It's like who who out of that now stands out that's gonna challenge Oscar? Because I mean, you could easily be like, okay, we'll have Bianca challenge Oscar, but that feels like it's setting Bianca for for a loss or whoever else. And I feel like uh-huh. you got you got somebody in Nia who. Oscar never really be quote unquote. Um, so I don't know, and I mean maybe it's a way to just keep Shane away from Oscar for now because that's their big matchup. I don't. know. Yeah, it might be. It might be. And in the meantime, like you said, he, he you brought up Shane Miranda Shafir and Jessica Mandu coming up. If that's how they break the tag team up, them taking out Nia, and you know them debuting. And um, being a part of the main roster with Shayla as a crew, oh, and then she goes against wow. goes up against Oscar. Wow. I can see that being the way that this plays out long term, and that you know provides you know a, a, a cool moment. So I don't know. I feel like they have to be creative, and that's what it all comes down to. It puts them in a box. Yes, there's nobody made yet, but you got a lot of women on the roster that you can make, and it's yep. about just setting up and writing for these women, putting them in positions to, for success rather than failure. What they did with Roman was putting him up for, for success rather than failure from his return. And everybody's going to love what they're doing with Roman. So it's about being smart with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, what I did want to, you know, actually that's a great pivot right now. You talk about smart, right? You know, you know, um, they put themselves in a box and you got to see them climb out. <laughs> now, what I want to talk to Phil about is, right, faith a little bit. Right, you like you don't have faith in WWE, kind of like you say it don't seem like to kind of do right by Keith Lee, and yes, we we do have countless of uh, mishaps, you know what I mean, call ups or people that they just didn't know what to do with. Like we do have that, um, but this also when we talk about a company that has been around for almost seventy years. They've made a qu- quite a bit of stars, you know what I mean? Like, they do right by quite a bit of good people, you know what I mean? They, they do do right by quite a few people, but it is quite a few people that look like the three of us that they don't <laughs> do right by. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like Oscar don't have like a little bit of history to know this song. And that's keeping it a bug. I appreciate it. Yeah, yes. it's true. Now we, you know, we we try to we try to be on the necks of everybody as possible because we are as pro back as we can be, right? And that's why we that's why like CT goes back to the echo chamber, the eco, the excuse me, beer got a burp out of me. The the echo chamber that we are that our ecosystem that we create on Twitter because I get education from you. You feel me, like. Uh, Reg just put out the the BW five hundred. You know what I mean? Like uh, all by himself, scraping up five hundred. Not scraping up. I'm sorry to use that 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 terminology, but finding five hundred wrestlers, black wrestlers, to 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 promote them and to give them a platform. 
like that is who we try to associate ourselves with because I am a WWE baby. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I that's me. I would never shy away from I never traded tapes. I never watched All Japan or New Japan. Um when I, I did give TNA a chance when it was on Spike right after the guy show with uh f- uh, uh uh with the, the titties and shit like that. Okay, like, yeah. <laughs> TNA used to come on right after right before the man show. The, the man, man show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, I, I'm, I'm a WWE baby, you know what I mean. So like I do go to CT had to tell me about fucking New Japan, and I only knew this nigga for two years. Yeah. So and obviously during that time the Bullet Club was at at its peak. But uh, yes, uh, but everybody, that's the thing about wrestling. Everybody has a different uh, palette. Everybody's looking for something different, and it's I'm just glad like we we're talking about this weekend too that. There's wrestling on like almost every single day of the week. Like it's never been like this, like before. And we gotta appreciate that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a lot of work if you cover it because it's. Oh yes, bro. That, <laughs> yo, how do you handle that though, Phil? Like, yo, you come like okay, so you got the Bleacher Report gig, so you gotta watch the big time. That's that's at least ten hours out your week, and then all the other stuff is pretty much at leisure, and then. We had a conversation about your work schedule. Like, so how do you find time to watch all this wrestling? Um, uh, uh, easy answer is I don't. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like I end up catching up with on a lot of stuff at the last minute. Like, if I'm, if I know it's something I really am interested in, that I might want to cover for something that's indie wrestling, I'll make sure I watch it. But, you know, of course, I have to make sure that I keep up with everything that is mainstream because that's that's clicks like that's what's going to get you the views. Um, But like if I just miss New Japan, like I didn't see the New Japan event from this weekend, but I'm like, okay, well, I know payback's going on. I know this is going on. So I can always go back and watch um, Summer Struggle later. Now, with that, what now? What? What? How did go down? How did how did this path start? How did how did Phil become Phil? Like where where did your love <laughs> or your passion for wrestling come from? Um, how did that merge into your journalism career? Like like what where, where, where did this all come from? Where did it start from? Um, well, wrestling. I started watching wrestling. I want to say it was like sixth or seventh grade. Um. And that was um, back when they used to have the really old WWE magazine. Um, and I remember my, my um, friend at the time had a WWE magazine. And it had, like, the old Undertaker on the front with, like, the urn. And it had, like, Paul Bear. And he, this was, like, Purple Gloves Undertaker. Okay. So that was, like, my first um, foray into wrestling. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, what is this? And so then I started watching it from there. Um, so I was a big fan during the Attitude Era and like Rock and Stone Cold, all that stuff. Like that's why I started watching wrestling. Um, I took a break, of course. Like when we all like jump off at some point when it's like, no, nah, you know, you meet a girl or somebody, and they're like, no, that's not cool. It's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's usually um, high school, you know what I mean? When you when when, yeah. when you start smelling yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I oh, 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 like unless you're me, it's like yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I fell off at some point, but I would peek back. I would peek back in every now and then and watch certain things. Um, but when I really first started watching again for an extended amount of time was um, when Punk did the pipe bomb. Oh, 
That yeah, was what, Python 2011? Really changed everything. 2010, yeah. 2011, something like right? That was the year? Yeah, yeah. And I would say I even, I, I would say I lapsed around the time again, but still, punk was what really kept me watching for a while. Yo, punk was the man, honestly. And people, you know, you know, try to hate on him, but he he was the man, and he he deserves a lot of respect. Now, is is he perfect? No, no. But he 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 changed the game, honestly. I, yeah. I would say he was the biggest star of that generation. Other than other than like Cena, like he was the biggest guy of that generation. Yeah, that punk was and is the the pioneer to a lot of what we see now and what we cover now as far as and uh-huh. because if if you if you if you were a fan of wrestling and I think YouTube was popping at that time, you then go and search that wrestler and you go see some of those crazy indie stuff that they put up in the home backyard wrestling stuff and going on. So yeah, I would say punk or Daniel. That Daniel 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 around that time too was well, took the mantle when Punk left. I think it was yeah. a it was a baton hand because that generation I would say is a decade, right? From yeah, two thousand ten to two thousand twenty, right? That's Casino's been on top for what fifteen years almost. Yeah. <clears throat> so That's yeah, right. yeah. I, I think it was, I think I would say Punk and Daniel with that. Um, but were you in college at that time or just finishing high school or no? You were, by two thousand ten, you was out by then, right? You was you was then. But you was you was in college studying. Were you studying journalism, or was that a path that you got out, out outside of that? That was a path outside of college. Actually, um, I went to school for I was I went to art school. So oh, <laughs> weird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> yeah. I know I know the struggle. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was in art school for from oh four. Oh, nine. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So by by 2011, when Punk first hit with the pipe bomb, because he he joined the company before that, but when the when the pipe bomb hit, um, that was like two years or so after college. Okay. Punk Punk changed his game, man. Honestly, Punk changed the game. But uh, I wanted to actually get back to that Keith Lee conversation because I really don't know. What the conversation was between you and him and Keith Lee? <laughs> what is the problem that you guys had with this? I, I got gonna really let me Listen, know. Listen, now we we softened you up, Phil. We softened you up. We about we about a half hour in. We 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 got the pleasantries kind of out the way. We asked how you felt. Now we just went. Nah. Uh, <laughs> the the okay. So I'll let Phil tell his side of the story because I actually did jump in on Phil. So it wasn't like I said something, Phil said something. Phil said something, and I replied to him. <laughs> so go ahead, Phil, tell your side, and then I'll come back with it. So what what day are we starting from? We started from Saturday? <laughs> yeah, let's go from Saturday. Let's go, let's go from Saturday. <laughs> so, so Saturday... I was I was definitely in my in my bag Saturday anyway because Saturday it was like a bunch of other stuff was going on and I was hyped because I'm like no nah, black wrestling black wrestling matter is on you know I was basically like no nah, support this like because we're always talking about that we want to see black wrestlers move forward we want to see black fans acknowledged in this industry so no nah, support this so I'm sitting watching it and the whole time 
I was sitting thinking, like, I'm not going to watch TakeOver. It, something about TakeOver just put a bad taste in my mouth. I don't know if it was some, – some of it was the Velveteen Dream stuff. Yeah. And then part of it was I just really felt like going into it that Keithley was going to lose. Like, it just felt like they booked themselves into a corner where he had to lose. Mm-hmm. So I was just sitting thinking about it. I'm sitting watching the show. And so the stream for Black Wrestling Matter was, like, tripping. Like, it just kept – either um, stopping or starting. And I'm sitting watching it, and at the same time, I'm looking down at my phone, and I'm looking at, okay, Keith Lee lost. And it was just kind of, like, bubbling up at that moment, like, I knew he was going to lose. And it was just kind of like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't support this. Like, I'm, I'm not feeling it. Like, I'm not feeling that he lost like that. I'm not feeling that he was only champion for, what, 26 days or whatever else. I'm just not feeling it. And so at the time, I'm just like, nah, support Black Wrestlers Matter. Like, because y'all company don't mess with us like they claim they do. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that's what was that with it. And I, I, I meant that with my whole chest. Cause my thing is, like, we, I, we still haven't got, like, a real answer for them doing my man Kofi like that. And Kofi was a huge deal to me. Not just because of Kofi Mania. But because, like I said, I got back into wrestling in 2011. So I'm still, like, thinking message board era, where I used to hop on message boards and go, like, nah, my man Kofi should be champion. And so I felt like, nah, I've been saying this for about 10 years. So once he finally became champion, I was like, nah, that's my guy. That's been my guy. So once they took the title off from him like that, I was like, (sighs) Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not going to front. You're right. They have to atone for this Kofi thing. I'm just feel the same way. And if they didn't do Ricochet as bad as they did Kofi the first time, maybe it would have, maybe it wouldn't be as bad, be, be as bad. But they did it to both of them, and I'm like, all right, there's something up, man. They can't get, they can't even have a good match. They can't yeah. have a full match with Brock. They can't have a full match. That's some bullshit. Yeah. So I think that's been it's been stacking of things like that, and I'm sitting watching. Then the other thing is I'm sitting watching ACH on Black Wrestlers Matter, and I'm like, okay. man, ACH to me is is one of the best Black wrestlers they have signed in a long time. Yeah. And it's just like I'm looking at a number of things stacked up with the Key Fleet right. thing. So it's like ACH didn't didn't get the success he should have gotten. Right. And then on top of that, you're looking at Keith Lee's losing, and I'm think I'm looking at um, Strickland or uh, Swerve. Swerve not in the title picture anywhere in NXT. He's a cruiserweight, and that man is not a cruiserweight, man. That man is a that man is a six footer, man. He's yeah. a legitimate six footer, and he's been world champion at other places. Put that man in North American title matches. Do something with him. Get him off. Get him off 205 Live. That's not where he belongs. We and so, that's why. We were going to North American title matches for like a year straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do something. That's, and so, the Keith Lee thing is not just Keith Lee losing. It's just amalgamation of all of this stuff that I've been irritated with them with. And that's, I don't think that came across as well. If you weren't reading my feed, watching everything I was saying, it's like, now this is really frustrating. It's like, yeah. like treat treat black wrestlers better, man. That's what, basically what I was saying. So, <laughs> I don't remember what tweet it was that got responded to, but I was just kind of like, "Nah, I'm not. I'm not letting them have this. Like, I'm not letting them off on this. Like, it, if you're gonna make him double champion and make it a big thing, 
then make it matter, man. <laughs> I, and my rebuttal to that, right, is that <clears throat> I creatively and business-wise, I kind of have to find my balance because I am a creative, like, wholeheartedly. You know what I mean? Like, wholeheartedly, I am... I have a, I have every fiber in my being is creative. Like all I do is think, but when I when I when I talk about think, I also have to think about business. And if I'm a creative, I gotta know how to make money in my creative space. So to break kind of things down, right? I we ever I'm on board with you with everything you said up into the Keefley um, point because that is what we hear preach about on Black Wrestling, right? When the whole like I worked with Albert down in um, uh, MLW when they first started back up the resurgence in Orlando. Man, him, Rich Swan, and Swerve worked with all three of them. Like you know what I mean, and they are all three world talents. You know what I mean. Like I I, I do agree that they missed the ball with the ACH thing and Swerve. Even though I I my only argument with the cruiserweight thing is that. He just got up to 205 pounds, and he admitted that himself. And I know he has performed other places in different weight classes, but if we are going to have the illusion that there are weight classes, if he just cracked 200 pounds, then regardless if he's six feet or not, like he's slanky and he's slim, he's a cruiserweight. You know what I mean? Like that. that is just my take on that, but I do get the point. Like Swerve can go like the point is uh -huh. swerve can go like ricochet uh -huh. well, no yeah uh, 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 my my quick retort to that is you would never hear that that same thing used for gargano you would never be like well gargano's a a, a cruiserweight gargano's treated like a world champion treats mm. like a world champion too yeah that's a good comparison uh -huh. actually that's a great that's a that's a great comparison honestly yeah. i mean but i think okay so with that being said look at the trajectory right Gargano, Gargano was in that same cruiserweight championship classic. So was Cedric. Cedric shedded 20 pounds, right? So uh -huh. it did take time for them to kind of get that 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 smear off of them. Um, you know what I mean? So I guess my slogan of watch the movie, right? I think Swerve's talent will transcend enough to where he'll get bumped. I do understand where he probably shouldn't have been entered into that you know what i mean but at the same time uh -huh. like they have their own system and we know that by now you know what i mean yeah. and kind of yeah you know we have to kind of support them in the role that they are in if that makes because sense because we're looking at things from that standpoint then we got like okay then finn balor go over to that <laughs> go over to the good division go fight santos uh like <laughs> or something yeah you know, i i honestly I, I i it's all about star power and star and um I think that what Johnny attached into and what what Tomaso was that DIY thing that what propelled them both to main event status. Swerve needs something that's going to propel him to that level outside of it, and I like that they're giving the opportunities with within the cruiserweight division. Uh, they had a, a great match last week. Uh, with, you that, know, that, and, and, that's what introduced us to Cedric and Mustafa. Like you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that. Well, that. It, it takes time, so we'll get there. Yeah. I, I just still look at Swerve sometimes, like, the way Swerve came in, like, when Swerve first got signed, he was, like, red hot. Like, he was the hottest indie wrestler they signed. Yeah. So, I was like, 
Don't get me wrong. I still think it was the right it was the right call to have ACH win the breakout tournament. But why Swerve have to lose first round though? Like I was uh, yeah, like, I didn't like that too. <laughs> I didn't like, like that. I told him that. Totally. I didn't like that. Um, but uh, I yeah, thought they yeah. always had bigger plans for Swerve. But I think Swerve maybe have been in the same Damian Priest, right? I think I don't I don't know who did the reporting, but. Damian Priest just said, like, yo, it took me a while to kind of find my footing, and it took Triple H and Sean telling me to kind of, like, be myself, right? Be myself was going to make me money. And I, I think maybe Swerve, I know Swerve is Swerve, right? Swerve knows that he's confident, but maybe he thought coming under our umbrella, he had to turn it down a bit, and maybe he kind of lost himself. I think once Swerve kind of finds that, like, Swerve is the money maker. Like, I think he'll be able to be okay. You know what I mean? But that goes back to my Keith Lee thing. Like, I think Vince saw Keith previously to the build of him being double champion. And that helped the decision to move him up. Now, the double champion thing, yes, does it need to kind of matter more? I don't know because he's the first ever in history. So it's going to be in history books regardless. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, you know, I don't necessarily know if it matters, matters, if it already matters, if that, you know what I mean? Well, well, yes and no, because WWE likes to do this thing where they'll have a moment, and that moment is the thing that they'll do all their montages around, and they'll kind of ignore what came before it and what became after it. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like Punk winning that money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Like, Punk winning that money in the bank, that moment is phenomenal, but they kind of dropped the ball hard after that. Like, just how he came back and having a feud with Nash was not good. So, you know, I do think I do think it I do think follow up matters. Like, I do think a moment is good, but you still, you know, narratively should follow up on it well. And sometimes it's hard to find what the next moment is, and you can't follow up. Moment after moment after moment, I, you know, and that's what I think we, we we strive for as fans. We want to see that back to back. So with the pump thing, yes, that they they in hindsight, complete, let, like don't put him in the ring with Kevin Nash after all of that. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> absolutely but, um, ridiculous, bro. I get bad thinking about it, bro. And then like, put him with Triple H after that. It, it would make no fucking sense. But where I see with Keith Lee, um, he's a he, he's too big. He's a, he's a big fish in a small pond. And they had to bring him up somehow. And and I actually like him in the main event on Raw. Like, I actually think he fits. I saw him on the mic on Raw, and he seems to come across as they main eventer. And he put him in the ring with Randy Yarden off the bat, and he got a big victory. So, in the end of it, the follow-up is actually benefiting Keith Lee. Well, well, you know, my thing is never that him being on Raw is a bad thing or it's a, it's a step in the wrong direction. None of that is a step in the wrong direction, but... If you're going to tell me NXT has never had a black guy that could be the face of that brand, nah, you've had like five. At least five. Well, okay, okay, so, okay, so. I think Nick Kiffley, that's what I wanted to say. That's, yeah, that's where I wanted, and that's why I I wanted to have this conversation because I I can't type quick enough, man. I can't type quick enough. You think so? I think it does because the question isn't, the question isn't how much does Raw need Keith Lee or does, can Keith uh-huh. Lee thrive on Raw? Because the thing is, he, he, if to use your analogy, he's a big fish in a small pond on NXT, but on Raw, he can easily get lost in the shuffle. 
Yeah, but where where are you going with him now? Are you going to put him in a world title picture? Yes, that's exactly. That's what exactly what that's exactly. Like, <laughs> you, so you're going to do a face versus face title picture? No, we'll see. We'll see. I think we'll put a triple threat probably. I, I, yeah, we. So we recorded. I'm sorry to cut you guys, but sorry to cut you off. We recorded. Did we record Sat? We recorded Sunday, right? We recorded before the pay per view or Saturday? Yeah, before it was. It was. We recorded. We recorded Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, we recorded Sunday before the pay per view. So we actually had the conversation of what do you do? Where do you go? I thought it was going to be a no contest. So I was like, damn, that's going to make my conversation with Phil a lot more interesting because he hates no contest. I thought it was going to be a no <laughs> contest, but CT actually predicted that Keith Lee goes over Randy. And somehow, either Randy takes the title off for Drew, or they, or Drew comes back from whatever's going on, and it'd be a triple threat. Um, and I think that would be a. I mean, that makes key. Where you want to go with this? At the end of it all, is Drew as a heel trying to chase uh, Keith Lee as champion? That's where you want to go with it. And somehow, I, I, I would get the title on on maybe Drew doesn't drop it. You know, maybe Drew and Randy Orton. He's out. You know, with the you know, bone fracture or whatever, Keith Lee versus Randy Orton for the title, and then he wins. So you never know. Yeah, I I wanna I would like for that to happen. I wanna believe that can happen. <laughs> yeah, I know WWE gets stars in their eyes with WrestleMania, and I know the idea of having Orton and Edge for the title at WrestleMania is definitely on the table. Yeah, they might still get there, but if Keith Lee between that time. Is a WWE champion. I'm taking it. Like, yeah, I'm the, I'll still, I'm gonna still watch Mania with that match. But if Keith Lee become champion in that time, that's a big win. Yeah, I just, I'm not so sure that that's where they're going. I mean, again, I always admit if I'm wrong, uh-huh. I, I'll never be like, yep. nah, you know, maybe dig my feet in the sand. I was right about this, but no, but it, I like this. I like this. It's like kind of like. You know, fantasy football, you know, predicting the future and, you know, and hoping for the best, but you never know where I might go. So I I see Keith Lee, you know, he's going to work out. And I think what what really hurt this scenario with him losing is Karrion Cross getting the shoulder injury. But I feel like, like I said in the podcast, I feel like Karrion Cross with a time away, it might do him better in the long run. I know you said he's going to start all over, but maybe uh, he comes back with a little bit more um, menacing uh, viciousness to him that you know, and and his his gimmick is nice. Like his whole thing with Scarlet, I like it. So he might, he's like impending doom still. You know. Well, like? well, my my issue isn't with Karrion being champion because my thing is once you put him against Cross, he had to win because you set up Cross as this monster. He had to win. You yeah. couldn't put them in that match together and then have Keith Lee win. Right. Unless yeah. So, but that's why I'm like, why did you book it this soon? Like, you should have waited to the next pay-per-view. And, I mean, I get it. It's SummerSlam weekend. You want a big to-do. But, again, you put yourself in this corner when you make them double champions. So, you have to it, – it, it's just – to me, it's just like putting Rollins against the Fiend. It's like – I'll say this. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, once you put Rollins in that match with the Fiend, you have to put the – title on the theme because he's the hottest thing going. And it's kind of the same thing with Cross. Cross was the hottest thing going, so you had to put the title on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and, look, and, but, but look what it did to Rollins. It made Rollins the best thing in the wrestling. So if we use that analogy, it, Keith Lee might be it the best thing in wrestling. It doing that because Rollins is Rollins, though. Like, <laughs> I mean, but hold on. But, but, but with that analogy, Keith is Keith, man. Yeah, but that's kind of different because 
Rollins had already he's already been to the top of the mountain. He's already done everything. He's been WWE champion three times. He's been US champion, multiple unnecessary Raw tag team title reigns. <laughs> um, so he he's been to the top of the mountain. He could take a he could take a step back and stay in the mid card for a while. To me, when you're just putting Keith Lee at the top of the mountain, you could have let him stay there for longer than a month. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to bet on them doing the right thing with Keith Lee. It's just a vibe I get. It's a feeling I get. I think his moments, like you said, at the Royal Rumble and with Brock Lesnar, like the face-offs that he had uh, with Roman and, the, and Brock, I feel like that's going to take him to the next level, and he's going to get the title pretty soon, sooner than, than we expect. Now, now, with that, I do want to kind of, I want to so. contrast the two. What do you kind of see with Big E? Do you think that Phil? What What do you think? Do you think that they can have two black people at the same time, or does Big E get overshadowed by Keith Lee? It all depends on where they're going with Big E because I'm still very confused because it's like they say it's a singles run, but it's like they keep putting them with heavy machinery, and it's it's weird. So if they're going to leave him in the mid-card, I definitely think he's going to be IC champion soon. But if I were them, personally, I think it's, it's all it all depends on how much they believe in Big E. If they believe in Big E, then Big E should win the Royal Rumble, and he should challenge Rumble. <laughs> Bro, what did I agree. say? <laughs> yes, yes. yes. I just said that on Sunday, bro. Yes. Yes. We agree with that. Yes. Honestly, if they go that route, yeah, we all said it, bro. And that's what we're hoping for, Biggie. But what I will say about that is that's a long-term bill. So that takes time. And that might be an IC title run in between or a USA title run in between. And that's fine. I think Keithley doesn't need that. Keith Lee, doesn't, Keith Lee can win the title tomorrow, and I'll be like, yeah, it makes sense. And and one one more thing to kind of circle around what we talk about with Keith Lee. Um, I look, I I I kind of hearken Keith Lee to AJ Styles in a sense, uh, where Keith Lee didn't necessarily even need NXT if they wanted. You know what no, I mean? Like, if, if if when they signed Keith. They could have like Keith could have been a, a a household name the past two years if they really wanted to you know what yeah. I mean like he didn't need that bubble of NXT but I think that gave him what was necessary I do I do believe uh-huh. that gave him because I do now believe that with Keith Lee being on the main roster he knows and he sees and the importance of quote unquote representation. Uh, well, not quote unquote. Like representation does matter, you know. Like, I do think that Keith Lee's that guy. Like, I, I, we haven't. Like, I fought. We did a character spotlight film. Me and CT. I think maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. I never believed in Kofi as a world champion. I, I, we like we had that conversation. We we bickered back and forth. I never saw it. Uh, I always envisioned it to be who is at the top right now a Keith Lee or a Bobby or a Big E. So I think as far as everything goes, my whole point and my conversation with you is is that WWE has never not booked themselves out of a corner. Uh, well, they've had a few where they have. They have, yeah, they have. 
plenty of times. Done I, I, might, I mean, well, I mean, okay. So let, we're talking about in a re, okay. So we we brought up the punk thing. That's in a, let's talk about this last decade, right? Right. The, we're we're just now in twenty twenty. Well, okay. When when was when when was Booker not getting booked out of that corner where you had him lose to to trips at at WrestleMania, which he shouldn't have lost that match. No, he shouldn't. Yeah, that's true. He that's that now that that is true. That is. That is true, but then we come back around, and Mark Henry comes back, and he beats Cena for the world title. Yeah, but I mean, you could also look at okay. Here's a more recent one: Nakamura winning the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. My man shouldn't have lost him at Mania, man. You booked him in a situation where he became the hottest Japanese star yeah. Yeah. on the main roster. Yeah, and ever, ever. He should have won. You had, you had two. You had two Japanese Royal Rumble winners that year. You had them both lose. Yeah, but why? I was there, bro. I was there that night. I was in. I went to listen. My G. I didn't have. I didn't have shit. But I was going to WrestleMania that year. I went to WrestleMania, and those two matches were the big what the fucks of the night. Live, live, <laughs> like a hundred thousand people was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> 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 yeah, they, they have that moment where they might be able to fix it later or get us to forget about it, but they do book themselves in the corner sometimes where they don't know how to fix it. And I think I mean, they're, they're riding 365 like every day of the year. <laughs> so they're going to have some corners where, like, fuck, I can't do nothing. Just throw somebody out there. You guys are going to do this. Horace Swallow's going to be Physic Man's son. That's it. We're just going to wrap this shit up. You know, like, there's, you know, you, there's going to be moments like that. <laughs> Yes. Okay. And I mean, it, it it all depends on who they do it with. Like 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 your analogy with with Rollins earlier. Like Rollins losing a big moment, and he can recover from that because he's he's Rollins. He can wrestle well. He's a good promo guy. He's a good character. He'll always be able to recover. But a guy like Kofi, once you take that spot off of him, he had to work so hard to get there. You don't know when he's going to get that spot again. It's and true. that's kind of that's kind of why with Keith Lee is kind of like yeah, I want him. I want him to succeed in this spot because I'm afraid that this company is going to pigeonhole him, and I don't want them to do that. Yeah, and I feel you on that, and I get the fear. Uh, with Kofi, especially with the way that the thread ended with Brock, that completely devalued all the steam of the run. Just was just just a bear out the room. So Kofi now has to prove almost again that he's made of that material, you know, and then he, you know, so. It's taking the steam out of somebody, and I think that's what the flaw they did with Kofi. With Keith Lee, I think they're pushing him, and I, I think I feel the energy behind him. Obviously, the win over Randy Orton says something, and they're not doing that for nothing. It's Randy Orton, you know. They just put their best guy out there, and he beat him. So, like the most tenured guy, the, the leader, they took him out there, and they said, "Keith Lee, you're going to go over on a payback." That's huge. So, I think going forward, he's clearly one in their plans for it main event pitch, uh, pitchers, you know, aspirations. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's why I'm like, you know, I definitely thought he was going to lose. So now that he won that match, I'm just kind of like, okay, well, now, that what I would hate for them to do is do 50-50 like they always do, and now, you know, Randy eventually gets his win back, and then he ends up challenging Drew at the next pay-per-view. Um, I don't know. It could end up being a triple threat. I don't know. Now what I do, what not, and that's what I kind of wanted to have the conversation with you is like, how do you view wrestling? How do you watch wrestling? 
how do you observe wrestling, especially because with me with W and and that's a two part question because with WWE I look at it as Saturday Night Live, right? Um, it's a week to week improv, impromptu script writing, live production, and sometimes it's going to hit, sometimes it's not. Regardless of they got sometimes the best comedian slash wrestlers in the world and the biggest promotion pushing it and NBC Universal and sometimes it just flops. But you know what I mean? It's an entity in itself, right? Saturday Night Live's been on for forty years. Wrestling's been on damn near thirty years. Like that's how I look at it in that space. So my creative vision of when I watch it, I watch it like that. So how do you watch wrestling? I know you talk about wins matter and you know presentation of people, how they come up and how they're brought and like how do you watch wrestling? Well, I mean we're kind of we're kind of um, past the looking glass in the sense that I. I spend so much time writing about wrestling, and I mean, even even with SummerSlam, like you know, I did predictions for SummerSlam, so it's like I'm always kind of like, okay, where are they going with this? What are they going to do with this? And I'm sure you guys understand that because you guys do that for the show, so it's not like oh, I just watch for enjoyment. Like I'm right. past the I just watch for enjoyment phase because uh, it's 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 partially a job now too. So it's like i do watch for enjoyment but i will say one of the things that gets my goat with wwe is that like aw is still so fresh and new and i mean even impacts kind of the same way because i just started watching impact again so it's like i'll give them more leeway on certain things because they haven't stacked up and accrued all these things that i'm agitated with them about and i think that's where i'm at with wwe they've done so many things recently when i'm just like ah why you do that or why'd you do that and so it's kind of like now so now i'm like second guessing certain things that they do like okay well why'd you do that like you could have just did this and from my viewpoint it just seems like they have a hard time promoting good guys like all of their good guys stumble and but when they push somebody on the hill they do great i mean that's perfect example look at roman i mean Roman was dead in the water at one point. Like they, you, you were throwing dog food on him. So, I think that's partly our problem, though. I think that's probably our fault as fans. We made the heels the good guy. We're just in an era where we we don't want to see bad people. Like that. I mean, you know, we don't want to see a smiling John Cena. We want to root for the fiend. That's the era we're in. I feel like we, you know, what? things. It creates this the, the, this way where we're like, you know, we, we get what we what we want, and then. It's like, you know, there's still something to say, always, you know. Um, I think we have to give them a little bit more of some room with what I've been seeing with the Hurt Business, what I've been seeing with uh, Keith Lee and NXT. Uh, I do believe that the entire mid-card right now is pretty much black on raw. The entire mid-card is all black men. So let's, let's embrace that as well So because we're pretty much dominating the mid-card of the show. And, and it's TV time, building characters, building interactions with them. So I got to give credit where credit is due as well. And, yeah. And, yeah, and I agree with that. But I'm yeah. just, to me, in, in terms of faces, like I do think there's a way to create interesting faces. And they don't have to be the Hulk Hogan smiling, eat your vegetables, John okay. Cena. And John Cena is one of those guys like, just to side note for a second, like I never was a Cena guy. Like I, I appreciated Cena. Like he's good, but I think part of why I love CM Punk so much is because I resented Cena. I never, I never was on board with Cena. There was just something about his presentation as this 
rapidly rap white guy that I just never jabbed never, with. Never, so. never, never fuck, never fuck with him. Never, so never. It just, it just never worked for me. It wasn't um, authentic. So. It wasn't Throw, real. Throwbacks and snapbacks. You kidding me, nigga? You kidding? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it just it something about it just never worked for me. Work so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, 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 I look at it like, look at, look at, look at Truth, for example. You think Truth would have ever made it to the top of the company doing what John Cena did? Absolutely not. Oh. Oh, not, not even close. I think that he would, he would have been, he would have been stereotyped. Like they always do with Truth. Like just put him in a box and, and do something, you know, uh, you know, for entertainment. But I think Truth has a, such of a more range that he's never tapped into with that anything. When he he was tapping into something when he turned heel the first time with John Morrison, that I would have loved to see. That's Ron the Truth Killings, you know. I want to see yeah. that in WWE. I, before he retires, I would love to see Ron the Truth Killings in WWE. Uh, you know, let's get let's get him to a hundred twenty four cent championships first. WrestleMania, let's get him to a hundred, and then he turns heel and he, it's Ron the Truth Killings in WWE. I hope they book that. Because he, he needs and you gotta put rose uh, you gotta give him his roses. He's he's been here for mad long. I remember yeah. getting rowdy, Kate Quick. And Kate Quick was always the best part of that act in my opinion. He was always better than Art Road Dog to me. Like, always. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean know. in every aspect. He rapped better, he wrestled better, he was more he was chiseled. Always better than him. So, <laughs> the braids but, was better? <laughs> I mean like <laughs> <laughs> But I think the faces are more organic now. That's what it is. So it's like we choose them. You know, we get just we get we get like pissed off that like somebody's not being used enough, and then we push them to the moon. Like Naomi is their next baby face in, in women's division. I feel like yeah. wholeheartedly. You got Big E. He's a he's a he's a he's a baby face. That's he's just a baby face. You know, just look at just enter, read read the room. You know, he's the baby face. So I think things are taking time. Obviously, we got to a point where Ray is already a baby face. He, he's established. He can get plugged into a spot where Seth Rollins have that keep moving. He's established. But that's a uh, that's a legacy act. They need to make yeah. new baby faces, and that's something that that needs to be touched, like worked on moving forward. And Keith Lee's that. Keith Lee's baby. Well, I, yeah. my my push my pushback to every to both you guys is that. Wrestling is wrestling. I can hear you say those is new companies and like and and I don't want to you know like you know when we talk about AEW and TNA and that's why I wanted to also steer the conversation with Phil is that like um, when we are giving the benefit of the doubt to is is it the company or is it to wrestling in general because the tropes are the tropes you know what I mean like the the stereotypes are the stereotypes the pigeonholes are the pigeonholes like. AEW only got what one two three four five six seven maybe seven six and a half you know what I mean black people on the roster you know what I mean like so you know like t- you know uh, you know when we talk about the women's wrestling over there you're a big fan of women's wrestling they're just now doing something you know with the women's division uh, that is I've, I've been I've been very critical of that too though like I'm I'm not praising everything they do mm-hmm. but. At the same time, like, even if you go back to what I just said about... He's about, like me. He's raising more curve. <laughs> it's not wrong with that. <laughs> but, yeah. But see, the thing is, like, I can give them some time to get it together. Like, if you're the biggest wrestling company in the world, the world, you've been doing this for over three decades, there's certain stuff that I think you should be ahead of the curve on. 
And I don't, I think it's fair to be like, okay, you guys, you guys know better than that with WWE. And it's, it's fair to look at AEW and also be like, all right, well, you guys are just getting started. It's certain things that you got to you gotta break through and figure out. Now, when you say certain things like we want to root for the faith, for the heel, I do think that other companies have figured out how to get baby faces over in a way that WWE has not. Yeah. And I say that in the sense that Moxley is a great face. Nobody doesn't like him as a face. And, I mean, there's other faces that are the same, like, for example, Kofi was not a boring face as champion. No. But it's just a matter of you letting it, letting the face win and letting the face look competent and not having them go out there and lose to stupid stuff or fall for stupid stuff that the heel does. And I feel like perfect example this week on, well, last week, YAW, Box didn't fall for the, for the contract signing. Like how many times have we seen a face in WWE fall for the contract signing? Remember, he did the contract signing where the stipulation was he can't use the paradigm shift. Yeah. And so he said, I'll sign this, and he signed it. And afterwards, he was like, but I put my own clause in there that I get to wrestle your lawyer next week, and if he doesn't show up, then the contract's void. Oh. And that's what I mean. It's just like, let your face be smart. And I think that's why we root for the heels so much with WWE is because, like, even look at Miz. Miz is a great example. Miz would outsmart everybody, and that's why we started liking Miz because all of the faces that went up against Miz looked like idiots. Yeah, Becky. Becky was the thing. Becky was that face. I love Becky Hill turned that SummerSlam two years ago because how many times? How many times? Huh? Uh But, but Becky wasn't a heel. I thought they got that wrong because, to me, Becky was absolutely the face coming into SummerSlam. She didn't need to turn. Everybody loved Becky. You didn't need to do anything to change it. Just give her the they win. Were off, they, they were off on that. They yeah. were off on that, for sure. And, and I definitely – but without that, we don't get the man I don't believe. So I no. think that that's why I'm, I appreciate the turn in hindsight. I think if they just made her baby face, it's just, it, it could have went either way. And no, yeah, and I absolutely agree she needed to separate herself from Charlotte, but that didn't mean be an outright heel. Like, the everything yeah. that happened at SummerSlam was perfect, but she shouldn't have come out the next week like, oh, well, I did this because you guys never believed in me. Like, nah, we all cheered super loud for you. We believed in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was the moment. Yeah, I saw that a couple days ago. Uh, it, it popped. Uh, I, I, I want to kind of right now um, shift now to, you know, I think we had to talk where I was just like, yo, I know you cover WWE for your job, you know what I mean? But if it's not giving you what you need, you know, kind of why watch? And he was like, well, nigga, it's paying bills, which I kind of understand. Like, you know, like that's that's cool. Um, well, well, yes and no, because that isn't exactly what I said. I said that I, I watch what I enjoy and I, I have leeway enough where I'm at different outlets where I can cover what I want. And the thing is, like, I'm not put in the position at Bleacher Report where I have to watch anything for the sake of watching it. Like, everything that I do at, at Bleacher Report is stuff that I'm interested in. And it's the same way at other at other outlets. Like, I'm only watching what I'm interested in. And so that I guess that goes back to my, okay, my, my com- conversation with you that I was trying to have was just like, okay, so if you're in this position, right, and this is where I'll be trying to have logic and, and sometimes it don't come off right through text, 
if you're in this position and you we've just had this kind of you know conversation of WWE doesn't really give you all that you got and if we if we're supporting black wrestling, black wrestling matters, or if you want to give support to new wrestling companies coming up and give them viewership or watch them build stars, NWA power stuff. My thing is, then why are you watching WWE if it's not entertaining to you or, or if you're not so much enjoying it? And I just want to know, what are you enjoying? Because I don't see a lot of those tweets. I mean, I follow you, but I don't see a lot of those tweets. Algorithm. Bobby. What well, I mean, what I said in, at that night was I did enjoy SummerSlam. I think SummerSlam was the best pay per view of the year so far, um, and I so I did enjoy SummerSlam. I enjoyed most of the card. I thought both the women's matches were good. I th- I think what they're doing with oh Oscar was another conversation we had too. Like you didn't know what was going on with Oscar, and I was just like, let that breathe too, and it's breathing. What? But see, I still don't think that she needed to have two matches. Like, <laughs> like if you if you're gonna book that match, there's no reason why you couldn't have put another woman on SummerSlam. Like this is SummerSlam, man. No, nah, I want Chris on this one. I feel like you gotta give it. To, I think that Oscar can do it. I'd rather have seen an Oscar Bailey match, Oscar Sasha match, to see anybody just fast, like you know, hot shotted. Into a Bailey match, I would have rather seen Oscar flash it play out and have the entry of oh, well, she won one title, one two titles. Going into it, it's a little bit more interesting. What? It's and not she about was- somebody in there. It's about creating interest behind somebody. Like for example, like who else is on SmackDown other than Naomi with challenge right now? There's nobody. But if you give somebody else that match and they cheat and she cheats to win, that's another contender that you have on the board now. But who though? That would have just been. I would. I, I think that what, what they did turned out better because both matches mattered rather than you being like, "Oh, Bailey's gonna win that." Well, I think both matches could have still mattered if you put somebody else in that spot. So, I, I think. I my whole thing was. I think it was lazy. It really felt like, well, we got a challenger for Raw. Let's just use the same challenger. I, okay, I, then don't book the then don't book the triple brand battle royal. Then what was the point of it? Well, the reason why I did the reason why I said the reason why I had that conversation was was a it it started a conversation for one to let WWE gauge who is on the palette, like who's up next. That roster is super thin. That roster is trash. To be honest, but if it's it, thin because of them. No, that's but, not because they don't know. It's it's that's it. Look at it this way. You've had a whole year of Bailey as champion. Who have they promoted in that entire brand to, to come up against? Who's, them? who's in that brand? And came up because we wanted it. Who's, because we called for it. Who's in that brand, though? It's like Carmella. And you, got, you had Sonya over there forever. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but hold on. Pause on that. If we're talking about building a tag team division... Bailey wasn't in the tag team division until recently. So we're talking about a whole year as her being champion, right? Three hundred and six we're coming up on three hundred and sixty-five days. So we're talking about let's just let's just pause on this. Let's just go back to WrestleMania, right? The six pack the six pack challenge. They had five other women, and when Banks didn't kind of help, when Banks didn't turn then, we was like, oh shit, this division's in peril, right? When like when when Banks didn't when Banks didn't win, nigga, it was Tamina. It was like it was like, it, it, it was like oh, oh shit. <laughs> so when they didn't when they didn't well, do it, I actually didn't because I I I thought it was the right move for her to not turn. And so to me, 
I just was to me ever since then I've been just like okay what create contenders in the meantime and they're not doing that it's like man you got you've got women there you can't tell me you don't have women there you've got you got Naomi on on SmackDown. You had you had Sonya all that time. I don't think Mandy's a bad wrestler. Mandy's a good wrestler. If you're gonna put her in a in a spot where she was part of the biggest storyline in WrestleMania with Otis, okay, then put her in a spot where she loses at least and make it seem like that matters. Yeah, I can I can see that. But okay, so are you a process guy or a results guy? I'm fine with a process if it feels like we're going somewhere. It just feels like, to me, we've had the same problem with SmackDown for over a year. Remember when SmackDown drafted and they drafted Kyrie and they drafted all of these great women in SmackDown and then we basically just got Bayley as champion and nobody challenged her until Bayley asked Ember to challenge her? Why does your champion have to ask somebody to challenge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like that either. I, I, and I thought that that was a moment for Ember to take a step up, and it just didn't pan out. You know, uh, yeah, Bailey. People act like the Bailey run has been fantastic. It hasn't. It, I mean, it got better now. Like, like over, ever since the pandemic started, it got a lot better. But it was a tough run with that division over there. And it's not. And I'm not just putting that all on Bailey. Like. She needs somebody to go up against it yeah. now yes. you know, on her level, you know? Um, so they tried it with Ember. It didn't work, you know? So, like, I'm like, who else? And then they tried it with Lacey. didn't work, you know? So they're, they're trying to find who else that next person is. Lacey, Lacey should have never been turned. Lacey is just better at the heel. She should have never yeah. turned. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lacey's the Miz, man. If she just stays here, she's the greatest female wrestler of all time. I can, I'll book that. I'll, I'll book that. <laughs> I'll book, if Lace, if Lace, if listen, I'm gonna put this on the. I'm gonna put. She should this, be the best heel woman ever. She they could do that. I'm gonna put this on wax. Miz is one. Miz is one of. I'll put him in my top ten greatest heels. Uh, in my top ten greatest heels, but Lacey has the potential if she can stay the course of what she is supposed to be in the eyes of most. She would be the most nasty, disgusting. White woman that I would love in a long time. <laughs> yeah, and she calls everybody else at nasty. So the irony, like, she's real. She gets under your skin, you know. Uh, so she, she could be great. Um, I seen it from when her NXT days. I was like, nah, she, she's a star. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 with that, like, what where where. Where can where can we where can we turn our attention? Like where where I know you mentioned stardom. Um, I actually like New Japan when they are giving me something interesting, like uh, uh, Naito becoming double champion again. I like that evil t- turn, that evil twist. Uh, no pun intended. You know what I mean. But I'm not following too much for me to kind of be so much intricate in it. Um, I've definitely lost touch of ROH and you know whatever the hell they're doing. Uh, but- do you know what's going on with uh, Kenta? I thought he was going after Nato. Uh, actually, yeah. What happened with that? He just won this weekend. Um, he won the uh, he won the briefcase for the uh, IWGP US Championship. So he's going to challenge Mox. Oh, okay. 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 I'm down with that. Uh, Moxley need to stay away from Kenta, or they just need to stay away from each other because somebody going to get injured. And that can't be afforded. Them, them two, <laughs> them two niggas just can't stay away from the injury list, my nigga. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I, I, I'm so glad that Kenta went somewhere else and, and flourished, though, man. He's just watching that dude just get back into his mold and be a good heel and just do yeah. cool stuff again. Fine. I think I, I think the I think the injury hurt him though. I don't think that was necessarily yeah. NXT uh, because that whole beast from the East show was supposed to be for him. Uh, so you know I I do think the injury hurt. And then you know you know how it goes once once you you know Finn felt it. When when if your shoulder out of place, nigga, bye. You know we gotta keep this thing rolling, nigga. You yeah, know what I mean? like, he did come back when he came back and he challenged Bobby Roode. I thought he was I thought he was primed right there, and they just were like, nope, we're gonna keep Roode with the title. I'm like. Oh. Okay. Man, you want to talk? Man, you want to talk about Rude beating somebody for Roderick? Oh my God, Roderick should have won, bro. Rod, Roddy, that's still one of my heartbreaking losses, man. I should know, but because I feel like he's better where he's at. I feel like he's been better with you. I think so too. I, I think that with the, that turn at the um, that NXT takeover, yeah, yeah, that was worth it for me for to not win the title. I I didn't see that shit coming at all. Um, man, before before we get you out of here, Phil, drop some knowledge on Black Wrestling Matters, man. Uh, educate us. Let us know what's going on over there. Who's over there? Who's running it? Uh, what should we look for? Like where? Like, you know, we 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 we're as pro black as we can be, but only as as much as information is given to us. You know what I mean? <laughs> what well, I mean, I just think indie wrestling is in such a weird spot because you know everything got canceled for like what, three, four months. Yeah. So, I mean, you had good stuff that was coming up. Like, um, I really hated that, you know, I think it was uh, whatever it was, Jobber Slam. There you go, Jobber Slam. They were supposed to have uh, Big Swole versus Tasha Steeles in the main event. And I, that was supposed to be a big deal because you don't see a lot of black women headline a show. Mm. Okay. So, you know, I just think missing out on that is a big deal. So Black Wrestlers matter, Matters because, you know, you've gotten a lot of these black wrestlers on one car and you've gotten so many different characters, so many different styles of wrestling in one place. So it's kind of like they don't have an excuse anymore. They can't be like, oh, well, we already got a Kofi, so we don't need another Kofi. Like, nah, he don't wrestle like Kofi or he, his character's not like Kofi. So, you know, pay attention. You can't be just like, oh, well, we already signed this black guy. Like, no, nah, look at this show. <laughs> There's tons of different black wrestlers out there that wrestle tons of different styles. I love it. I love it, man. We gotta support black wrestling, man. And, and always, we we were gonna go this week, um, WrestleMania to uh, for the culture. Yeah, and that got canceled. And that was supposed to be a good weekend. Um, but I love that you know you're putting us on to that. And, and whenever there is a show, you let us know so we can plug it too. You know, and just you know. Support black wrestling. Yeah, that's, that's if, if if I, I'm gonna be honest, um, I, I I was following the um, Pan African Wrestling, uh, you know, um, the Black Guys Wrestling podcast um, was doing something with them, and they they were they were integrated with with the show, and just to see the the elevation of uh, the prominence of black wrestlers, right? Like Jonathan Gresham doesn't get Fred Yehai doesn't get. The credit, you know what I mean? Like they like, and I always had an issue with we don't have black wrestlers that can be like Seth Rollins or Daniel Bryan, right? Like yeah. we don't we don't get to have a wrestler that's just a wrestler. Like nobody gets to be you know the best wrestler in the world and happens to be black. Like it has to be strapped to a gimmick or something, you know what I mean? And I want to see more of that, and 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 I will, I, and I feel 
I do feel, you know, well, I'm not going to feel bad for being ignorant, but I'm not going to be willfully ignorant is what I'm going to say. Well, yeah, and and I I do absolutely agree with you. And I think that's because we've gotten stuck into this mold with mainstream wrestling where it's like, once we get two black guys on our on our roster, okay, well, let's push him as this is the athletic one. Okay, this is the one that dances. Okay, this is the one that is just, like, really big, and he's just super athletic. Um, but there's so many different guys. Like you said, like, Gresham is the best technical black wrestler I've ever seen. He's probably one of the best technical wrestlers in the world right now. Um, I mean, and same thing with, with Yeehaw. Like, Yeehaw's really really good and i don't think a lot of people would know that i mean i mean even if you look at just like black wrestlers matter and you look at the show which they just announced a follow-up like i think the the second show next year is going to be during juneteenth okay um all right that's gonna be next year yeah yeah okay whatever day juneteenth falls on it's like june june 19th right yeah june 19th yeah yeah so it's gonna be on juneteenth but I mean, when you look at all of the guys that were on that card, there's so many different guys. Like, I mean, you had high flyers. You had guys that wrestled technical styles. You had tag team. Um, like, the the main event was uh, JDX versus ACH. And that kid JDX, man, I think he's going to be something. Like, if somebody takes notice and signs him, he's going to be something, man. Like, I, I just interviewed him, so that's coming out soon, but... I think that's definitely a guy to look out for. And there were so many guys that were on that card that ended up on the PW500, like Stephen Wolf, Airwolf, uh, uh, Isaiah Bronner, uh, Devin Monroe. Okay. So, I mean, it's, this is like the best, I think, in terms of variety that's been there for Black Wrestlers Matter. I mean, Black Wrestlers. I mean, there's just so many different Black Wrestlers out there. And it's not just black wrestlers for the sake of saying there's a bunch over there. Like, there are a bunch that are really good. Like, Trisha Dora is really good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I love it, man. I, uh, yo, she... I think there's going to be a whole... Like, there's a wave coming. Yeah. There's yeah. a wave coming. Watch. Yeah. Man, Phil, I, I definitely do appreciate you taking the time out with us, bro. Um, again, you know, hopefully now, you know, the... the... the the atmosphere on Twitter will be a little less, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, maybe, maybe now you know who I am more. You know what I mean? Like the, you know, I'm, it's, is you know, those jokes going to come off. I'm a, I'm a challenge And then, uh, you know, but after that, we both love and watch and respect and appreciate the same thing. Like that's one thing I did want to have the conversation, you know, verbally with is like, yo, I really don't oppose with any of your core values of what we talk about when it comes to wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But just the art in itself is subjective. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. <clears throat> yeah I, but see, I think I think people get confused because, you know, the, the, the two biggest guys in our industry in terms of journalism, you know, you've got Meltzer and Alvarez. And I think a lot of people think, oh, well, you got this writer over here and he hates everything because that's, that's kind of what they do. And so I think people kind of get into this mode where, oh, you know, he's one of those guys. He's one of those writers that hates everything. And I don't, I don't hate everything. I just make a, uh, I just make a point of the things I don't like and why I don't like it. And it's uh-huh. never like, oh, I just don't like it. So 
I'm done with it. It's like, no, this is why I don't like it. And this is kind of where I would want them to go. So, I mean, just like me complaining about the Oscar thing, I say that because I love women's wrestling and I want women on the roster to succeed. Yeah. That, and I, and, and, but they, I think that to some degree, you know, they, they, they are succeeding. You know, I think that, you know, we have a lot of high profile women's matches nowadays, but I completely fuck with the, the energy behind uh, all the, all the, because it's coming from the right place. You know, it's yeah. everything's coming from the right place. And I think when you're a journalist also, it's like you got to give your opinion. On yeah. everything. Yeah. So a lot of it is not just your cup of tea, too. Yeah. So it comes off as people are going to say, it's negative. You know, so when you're watching all, all of it, there's going to be a lot of it that you're like, eh, that's not me. I feel like I feel it. You know? <laughs> and people are going to hear about it. So I think you get, you get put in that box. And yeah, I, yeah. And I think me the contrast, like, to, to what Phil was saying is that, like, you know, he states his opinion on things that he doesn't like and he sees and, and tells why he doesn't like it. Me and CT battle every week because I say I don't want to be that podcast. We come in, we's like, yo, we're going to make a point about what we do like. And we're going to talk about what we do. You know what I mean? Because it is a lot of that energy. You know what I mean? Just, you know, yeah. and a lot of a lot of that energy. Like, you know, like the, the I don't want to give credence to whoever that guy is. The video making the circuit. I haven't retweeted. I don't think, you know what I mean? The, the guy just yelling and. And I'm like, bro, like, it's wrestling, nigga. Like, you feel me? Like, it's wrestling. Well, I mean, to, and see, to me, that's corny. Like, that whole just getting on to just yell and be like, oh, this is terrible because of that. And it's like, nah, you know, I can have a conversation with you about why I don't like it, but I don't need to scream for two minutes about why I don't like it. That's dumb. Like, and nobody yeah. wants to listen to that. Like, it's it's different if Alvarez does it because Alvarez is taking bumps. Like, Alvarez is in this industry, man. He He's a wrestler. And he's backed. Like you're you're just a hobbyist yelling at home. Like I don't want to listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even Alvarez is very subjective. So it, it's everything is subjective. Even, Bro, you know, everybody's yeah. in their own position. Listen, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that it's great that we can establish this um collective, I guess, of opinionated black people as well. You know what I mean? Like when we yeah. talk about it, uh black wrestlers, uh shit, black content creators, black journalists, you know what I mean, black Black podcasters, you know what I mean? It's a lot of dollars in here for all of us. And uh-huh. it, it does matter that our opinions matter. I know I say all the time that opinions don't matter. But shit, opinions matter when it comes to bread. And I'm all about that bread, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, just, I think we're in this mode where, like, I, I'm saying a lot that I think we should support black wrestlers. But I think we're in this place where the industry does sometimes go, Oh, I don't want to push this black wrestler because the audience isn't there. And I think it's like, no, nah, there's a lot of black wrestling fans. Like, like, no, nah, we're here. Like, listen to our opinions, too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I think if they didn't notice from Kofi, they, you know, they didn't notice, was, you know, Naomi recently. They they know, I think, you know, especially, you know, you know, with everything that's happened with ACAC, even with, with the outcry with that. Uh, they know they have the audience now. Yeah. And, you know, just like that, we get. I mean, you know, I, I think that's that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons why I can't necessarily call them full blown racist because hell, a pedophile is black and they protecting that nigga. You know what I mean? Our, our alleged pedophile is black. You know what I mean? So like, they know black. <laughs> they know. They know. They know black wrestling fans like black wrestlers. So like, hey, let's keep this nigga. Let's keep this nigga. Make some money. 
know what I mean? So, yeah, but like, you know how that goes. You might not be racist, but you know how you know how it goes. Yeah. Like, yeah. You definitely want us to be in our place. For sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I don't go. want you to look like you're the top of our company because I don't think that's marketable. Yeah. And yeah. that might not be racist. That might be just I just don't know that black wrestlers can be marketable. Ignorance. It's super ignorant, especially when we just said that the guy that led their company for 15 years ripped off something that was black. Bada bing. You know what I mean? Rap music ain't shit white, nigga. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could say the same thing about uh about Dusty. Like Dusty, a lot of his character is based off of black tropes. Even Hulk Hogan, man. Yeah. I don't know, like it just it just Black culture matters in wrestling, nigga. Don't let them niggas tell you we don't matter. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. I'm going to let you go ahead, man. I know today was one of your off days, um, and I'm about to hop back on daddy duty. I was off for some time uh, recording. But, again, man, thank you. We're going to have you back on to have this LeBron conversation. Don't think I let you skate with that either, man. <laughs> so when I when I recharge this battery, we gonna hop back <laughs> on and talk. But to see, some... <laughs> it's, it's, it's a few layers to LeBron thing with me because I'm a Chicago guy. Like I'm from the shot, so I have never been a Bron guy ever. Mm. Like I've never been a Bron guy. Oh, you're a hater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a hater. No, I'm not a hater. That's exactly what you are. <laughs> If you've never been a wrong guy, you're a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater at all, man. It's, it's, it's different. If you, it's, it's just like, put it this way. Like, I know Isaiah Thomas was good, but I watched Homie come on our floor and do stuff that I know is dirty. I know Bron is good, but I also watched him come on our floor and clown and, and flop and wink in camera. So I'm not messing with that, dude. But I'm, I'm, I'm a bullshit. Like, I'm good. I'm good on it. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you, man. Oh, but, yo. Yeah, I, I respect it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yo, man. But again, one more time, man. We definitely do appreciate it. More than likely, I'm going to probably just chop this up um, and probably put it up more, more than likely tomorrow. Um, so I'll shoot you a DM just to let you know that it's going to come out. But I thank you again for your time, man. And uh, the conversation was good. Yeah, 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 of course. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir, man. Enjoy your evening. Thank you. Take care. You too.